0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Rule of Carnage. Um, This is a a video series, a set of podcasts, depending on how you consume it, where myself, uh, Glenn Ford, a game designer and developer, um, chats to this guy, Mike Hutchinson, also a games developer and designer about um, designing better miniatures games. Um, So recently, uh, Mike and I have um you know got on the chance to play some uh maybe slightly newer titles um you know we 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 play fairly regularly but I think often we're sort of delving through some of the archives a little bit or uh,
1: or, or unf- unfortunately unfortunately playtesting one of our new games and oh, so yes those, those tend to be like half playing a game half chewing on a game
0: yeah Um, And recently, for whatever reason, we've happened to sort of um, hit up a few new titles and they've caused us to sort of think about some, you know, subjects we maybe touched on previously before and we decided to sort of go back and maybe run over them. So there might be a little bit of a series of conversations going on sort of um, using some of these recent games as touchstones. And so for today's conversation, we recently played a game um, that had uh, a fairly central sort of set of AI rules to it. Um, and it sort of caused us to reconsider the, the conversation we had previously, which I'll try and link in the comments um, about AI. Um, and in that conversation, we alluded sort of slightly um, high-handedly to the ideas of target priority for um game controlled pieces and pathfinding and Mm -hmm. you know suggested maybe we'd get back to it um and we never really ladies and
1: gentlemen that time is now
0: and that 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 time has come because um so uh the game we were playing had what i think is a fairly sort of reasonable first um sort of route one version of some default sort of ai um that basically went along the lines of step one attack um attack enemy you know what if you've got available that allows you to attack enemy if not then move towards nearest visible enemy if not move towards nearest non visible enemy and those don't sound like a mad sort of set of ai controls to put in um but you know what came up is that if you've got a barrier that your uh, monster creature can't get past or see round mm. and the nearest person to them is just on the other side of that barrier. So they move towards the nearest enemy. They then stand there on the other side of that barrier while other guys at the far end of it sort of just step round, shoot them in the head and step back again and do that repeatedly. And meanwhile, your your, your game controlled piece is just bumping into that wall snuffling at the guy on the other side of it going and looking like a bit of a buffoon um
1: and so this is because i think before we solve some of these problems we should probably sketch them out so i think this is like the central problem of a single dumb monster and then you've got a problem that we were wrestling with with the hobgoblin solo rules that i that i wrote recently and that glenn made some suggestions on the targeting uh Uh, logic for which is that if you've got a group of monsters a sort of a similar equivalent dumb behavior is that they all just go for a single target and they kind of they completely overkill it or they basically just you know they aren't a interesting spread threat they're just like whoever jimmy that you've shoved in the front of the group of people is everyone goes for jimmy and everyone else is absolutely fine and there's no threat to them at all
0: Absolutely. And and inherently, yeah, if, if there is a place where players can channel your monster into where it becomes helpless, then you know, more monsters can just be funneled down the same thing to sort of derp a derp against the wall. While, you know, the fact that there's a large group of monsters in a little bundle around the wall dribbling doesn't make things more problematic or threatening for players. That's um, right. And so, you know, the the there are a handful of ways to deal, I think, with with this sort of general idea and this problem. And there are there are sort of overall game mechanic things I think you can do. And then there are things about twiddling and tweaking with the AI. And so hopefully we'll talk through some of those ideas and, and those possible solutions. Um, so I think one of sort of starting sort of fairly big in relation to game mechanics, um, you know, one of the ways you can do it, and you can do this in a couple of ways, is by basically getting the players um to 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 sort of solve the problem for you. Um so a large overarching way of doing it. So th-
1: this is if you if you have a semi-competitive or a or a competitive game with wandering monsters, for example.
0: Well I, I say the large mechanical way of doing it is only give your players melee attacks. Mm -hmm. and then they instantly solve you don't have to have ai that's good at pathfinding because you've got players who want to do the pathfinding and then you find you you figure out the way that the melee is a challenge and a risk and you know make the monster big enough and powerful enough and that's a way of just basically going you know with this simple with with a larger game mechanical change you solve the ai problems for you because you just go I'm not going to give you shooting so there's no advantage to you like ambushing the monster and making it look like an idiot you've got to run up to it you and you can do this in various ways of just saying look okay I'm going to make you get come into the monster's house as it were and have to meet it on some sort of level ground Um, you can give you know the human players uh, shooting so long as you don't give them too many actions Um, so I think that's the thing we encountered recently is that if you give humans like three plus actions they can step out from behind cover shoot and then step back into cover if you give them two actions it's like okay right i can step out and shoot and then i'm at i'm visible clearly because i've got to remain in the place where i was visible to shoot monster and now now i'm in into a place of difficult decisions and risk and reward and all these sorts of things do i bait out one guy and then the other people stand behind him and Like, have reaction abilities. Um, And just generally, you know, you can do, you can fiddle with the larger game mechanics to make it so that you don't have to build complex, difficult, layered, stepped out AI. You can just go to the players, well, I'm going to use your eye to make my AI work better. I'm going to go, Mm -hmm. you've got to find the path round these things because you've got to engage with the monster in one way or another rather than saying okay let's pit the human intelligence directly against my game's intelligence which is always going to be like hard to make the game's intelligence win out on that one
1: So, so like when when writing perilous tales like that is a solo game where the missions aren't always about killing the monsters and the monsters because they're like Dracula or the swamp thing or something like they need to feel really threatening. And um, particularly in the case of like the big villain in each scenario, they want to feel um, like I want some kind of visceral sense of like, if I stand, if I stand still or make bad decisions, this thing is going to come for me and deal with me. And so I guess one of the things about perilous tales is that every monster ended up being a monster of the week with some special effects that I could add. And so in some cases it ended up like allowing me to experiment with ways of solving the AI problem using like the monster's a ghost and so ignores terrain or like the monster can fly or teleport or, um, you know, uh, sort of different, different solutions like that, but they aren't very general purpose. And the general purpose thing ended up in perilous tales in its current beta state ended up being a sort of, slightly more a slightly more complicated like you have to make a check you have to make a check to see what the situation is and then it will make a decision about which thing to do um and then the target priority ended up being something that kind of got chewed on a fair amount as well because even if you've got a way even if you've got a simple way of moving like okay the monster's a ghost and it can ignore all terrain choosing targets intelligently so that they threaten the the progression of your game state or they frustrate the progression of your game state i think is also um super interesting so a a simple example of that is like if you've got an objective driven um system like does the ai prioritize things based on their distance to objectives rather than their distance from the from the monster
0: yeah absolutely and i think you sort of touched on a couple of things there Uh, another quick solution is let yeah let the ai cheat you know, if the players mm-hmm. have to pathfind around things, just say the the monsters can just walk through the walls. They they can just cheat. They can just break the rules, and that's a really powerful way, I think, to make sort of game controlled pieces threatening and powerful to players. Because it, you know- I
1: th- yeah, I mean, I've I found myself returning to that quite often, where it's like, in order to combat human intelligence with with a sort of very simple rules based intelligence, you. You just have to put your thumb heavily on the scale of the of the machine and give them like twice as many units or, you know, they hit, you know, on a lower dice roll or whatever it is, just so that the machine is more threatening because it's more threatening, not because it's cleverly outwitting you
0: yeah I mean it, it is an internal problem it is a constant issue here is that she, the human beings can see everything that AI is about to do and it can it the human can exploit that knowledge and it's right and
1: that's I think that's something that you identified really early, early on as like the fundamental difference between a digital AI and a board game AI is the board game AI is absolutely transparent
0: mm, absolutely um and, and you know you you It's incredibly hard to get the board game AI to actually outsmart a human being in the same way it would be incredibly hard to outsmart another human being if you told them everything you were about to do just before you did it Mm. Um, and so giving the AI just just cheats to 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 sort of to, to up the difficulty level i think is is very important um so i and think
1: so w- w- actually whilst, whilst we're on that before we go to that second half like the the natural solution that's likely a- appearing in uh your mind dear listener is well we can we can obscure things using randomness um and so Like a game like Kingdom Death will do that with a deck of cards. Like there's an like it's still transparent because there's only 18 cards, and I know what is written on literally every one of them once I've been through the deck once, but I don't know in which order they're going to come out and blah, blah, blah. Or I've experimented with quite random targeting systems or movement systems where it's like, well, the monster might do A or B and you and you pick, or you know, if there's models within six inches, it randomly selects one of those models. And that throwing that chaos wrench into the AI at least provide some unpredictability so i can't completely read what the machine is going to do and 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 position exactly correctly every time
0: yeah but i think also at the same time you still have to like have a shape to that Randomness. I think occasionally you come across... (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: otherwise it's incredibly irritating and just frustrating.
0: And also it's like every every now and again you come across AI that just, because it's like fully random, sometimes just wanders in completely the wrong direction and does donuts in the middle of the table. Right,
1: changes its minds and... and, and Leaves
0: alone somebody who's like hanging by a thread to just go off and punch a wall or something. And so I I, I think it's it's fine to have like, okay, here's like three threatening, powerful options for the AI you can run randomly choose between them but don't be like roll a scatter dice and go random you know number in right or, or,
1: or in the case of the hobgoblin ai it's like i can't remember the, the wording of the rule but it's basically like if there's a super obvious completely easy charge do that and then we'll figure out like if that's not true then we'll figure out something a little bit more complicated yeah. um but yeah
0: okay so i think you know one of the other things we're sort of suggesting and alluding to pre- uh, just then is that Ultimately, one of the problems with a single piece of AI for all purposes is that you have to prioritise different things at different points uh, when playing. That's that's what people do. And that's ideally when I think the AI, a good AI system, probably wants three sort of possible different sets, a sort of pathfinding set of AI, mm. a, a, an attack set of AI, and maybe depending on the game, a sort of objective driven set of ai and you you can sort of parcel these out between sort of different creatures and different monsters and be like okay well this is the aggro monster and this is the little behind the scenes guy who's gonna fertile around and mess with the objectives while he's like punching your head in but i think that separate pathfinding ai i think is a very sort of powerful thing because when you have ai that says okay target the, you know a, 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 a dude and go after that dude um it's super easy for a human being to, to stand that dude behind something impassable um mm. and, and sort of exploit it and just go you know where well, you can't get me and the only way of getting to that guy is to go okay right what if you if you just cannot find a sort of direct line let's let's drop in some pathfinding AI whether it's a full separate set or a another set of if then statements to go, because the issue with pathfinding is that fundamentally that like there's the guy you're meant to be killing and there's you um if there's a wall here then what you need to do is not prioritize him you've prioritized this random empty spot over here on the far end of the wall you've got to suddenly have a quite like out of out of sequence priority where you go suddenly the thing i most want to do is go and stand over in that empty space um that, that has no like first order purpose for me because its second order purpose is it has line of sight to the guy whose head i want to pull off
1: um, yeah and in in a billion suns i, I had a, a lovely get out of jail free for the solo rules for a billion suns, which are downloadable maybe i'll, I'll link all these things uh in in the description so because a because billion suns doesn't have a lot of um line of sight blocking stuff like I I can't even remember maybe planets do but uh, maybe they don't Um, like I I was able to because it's both an objective driven game and there's not a lot of line of sight worrying like I was able to use the first order problem to be the, the 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 monster ship, the independent contractor, motors towards an objective. That's its first order problem. And then the next thing it does is it spins on the spot to face the nearest um, one of your ships. And so then it gets to attack you if it's in range. And so its second order problem is like first I'm heading to the objective, and then I'll have a crack at you if I can see you and I'm in if I'm in range or whatever. And that gave that was a nice easy solve in that game because i don't have to worry about bushes and 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 buildings and stuff frustrating that um that that threat
0: yeah um so i think yeah stepping out some sort of pathfinding ai to to have some way of going okay rather than directly trying to go towards uh, an enemy or a creature let's find some way of um you know picking secondary sort of waypoints on your way towards the thing that you want to eat um, and identifying that. And there are various ways. So the tricky thing with writing that in an AI is essentially finding um, landmarks for the AI to sort of hook onto um, because the, the point you want them to move into is something that is undefinable in many ways on paper. Um, Hmm. And so you need to start considering things like objectives are really handy, table edges, potentially, um, you know, sort of groups of enemies rather than just the nearest enemy can often be a really handy one. Um, I think sort of going move towards the nearest enemy, you know, if you cannot contact the nearest enemy, move towards the most enemies you know, that you can sort of prioritise ending near a group of them over ending nearest to the nearest one um, can mix things up and you can sort of step that back out and that sort of pulls the AI away from being sort of ambushable. Um, And yeah, I think just sort of stepping out pathfinding things to say like, okay, if you, if there is no route between you and the nearest enemy, visible or not, Let's switch over and go right. Instead, you know, pick a table edge that you can move towards. You know, without there being a barrier, and move towards that once, and then recheck your like kill priority list. Um, and if you still can't kill, move- and it can be a fairly uh, arbitrary thing, like moving towards the nearest table edge or moving to the v- visible. You just you
1: just want to you just want to consistently break deadlocks in the AI
0: yeah you you just want it to be able to have a way of going okay well let's let you you are trapped here let's just change the scenery for you let's move you around because you know eventually you'll come to a point where you know you will re-unlock and find your find your path towards and
1: uh, there's a trick in video games here that is super reapplicable which is to despawn the enemy so, like, if it can't do anything in the AI deadlocks, an option is simply to remove it from the table, and because um, it, it, presumably there was a mechanism for spawning it, maybe it started on the table. But if there's a wandering monster, like, pops out of a hole or whatever, like, just respawn it again and and allow the uh, allow the monster to do all the cool things that it did the first time around.
0: And again, in many ways, that sort of tracks back to the idea of finding ways to encourage. The players to path find their way into danger with the monster because if you say if the monster can do nothing, it despawns and then it gets its fat jump in sort of it's re- an
1: ambush attack or whatever ambush
0: attack of doom. Then players are like, we need to give it something, you know. We need to sort of, you know, keep Jason in sight, like during the, you know, in the horror movie. Don't like lose track of him because then he goes ambush. And then we're in real trouble, um, and so all those things where if you can, if you can re-encourage the players to keep the AI sort of active and moving by going, well, if you lose sight of, you know, the 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 the, the killer in a slasher flick, you're not suddenly super safe. You're not like, oh great, I can't I can't see Jason. Ford. Well, this
1: this car this calm must be a permanent state of bliss
0: absolutely and just yeah having have the players go no for goodness sake don't don't take your eyes off that lunatic get line of sight to him from a long distance away maybe get line of sight yeah. to him in a way that's relatively safe but don't just like all close our eyes you know and, and wait for it to come for us that's going to end very badly for us is both characterful and mechanically very powerful um, you know, so yeah, a- absolutely sort of any way that you can get the players to take the weight off of the AI for you by pathfinding to it, I think it's a really good idea Um, stepping out pathfinding into a separate set of controls and if you do something clever with it where it actively like pathfinds intelligently, that's great, but if it just mixes up the, the, the situation when it's in its pathfinding mode um, provided you you sort of find a way where it's not going to repeatedly sort of get into a loop, I think um, is, is really handy. I think think
1: there's, there's a couple of other things I wanted to mention here, which is in the last video about AI, we made it clear that in our opinion uh, causing the, asking the player to make a decision is a problem when it comes to, to running AI that is, just easy to operate at the table and so one of the obvious choices is like well if the monster can't directly move towards one of your models like the player should find the shortest route to get to that model and that's okay except as you were demonstrating to me the other day like when the shortest route isn't obvious or there are two models and it could be moving towards either of them. And one of them's kind of obviously better or worse. Like now you're in a position where you're in a sort of non-discrete set of options and the player has maybe 20 choices to choose from about how they pathfind. And now they're like, Oh, I don't know what the game is asking me to do or whether I should cheat on my behalf. And like, you just get into this problem where, which we were talking about before, which is an AI that has player decisions in it is just a, a more frustrating machine to operate.
0: Absolutely. And I, and I think it's, It's the eternal thing where if you you put the player in that position, they sit there and they have to go, okay, well, what was the writer's intention? Is the writer's intention that I should do things that are good for me? Because that seems like a natural thing for a person to do. Or is the writer's intention that I role play as the monster and try to be the smartest possible monster I can? And you can tell them which of those things you...
1: Yeah, Arkham Horror the card game has that lovely rule which says... If there's a, if there's something's unclear, just pick the one that's absolutely horrible for the players.
0: Absolutely, um, but you know, you know, obviously, don't not tell them. Obviously, tell them just in case that happens to be like, hey, look, you know, I've tried to make this a really crunchy AI. So if you if you've got a choice to do something good for you, just do the thing that's good for you. It's all right that the AI can take it, or you know, try and make the monster the smartest, bestest monster you possibly can. Please, and let's all like agree to collaborate <coughs> in this process but don't leave it unsaid don't just be like no this this ai is fine and it's never going to have a problem you don't you know do do what best you think um but generally i think try and absolutely avoid players having to make decisions for the ai you know at all points i think that's the one of the defining features of good good ai yeah i think i think the, the the last sort of a closing comment i i'd make is that you know Players are meant to be smarter than the AI. Players are meant to be able to sort of set up ambushes and do cool things and outwit it, and they will be able to. That's not a that's not a problem. That's not an issue. The issue is when it's laughably easy to outwit the AI, and you outwit it in a way that makes it look just embarrassing and not a legitimate threat. You know, if if there's ways of setting up like ambushes for your AI, which requires a bit of finagling and organisation and and has a risk element to it, that's good. That's a good thing. That's that's fine you can aim for that the AI doesn't have to be smarter than the human um it just has to be sort of interestingly an interesting part of the puzzle for the human mm. right I think that was a relatively uh, sort of insightful conversation about some of the more in-depth parts of AI some of the issues as to why a super simple AI can can go wrong and uh, and can sort of foul itself up a little bit mm-hmm. um if you, you know, if you're struggling with an AI system in your own game, you know, please do drop down in the comment section, sort of talk through what it is that you're having a problem with. Um, also, you know, stop over to the Discord. There's lots of smart players who love to sort of twiddle around with these sorts of things. AI rules can be a lot of fun to design. They're quite sort of crunchy and puzzly. And it's the sort of thing I think game designers quite enjoy, um, you know. I you're right. <laughs> um while you're down in the comment section, obviously do you know give us a like and subscribe, hammer those buttons. Um, you know, it makes us very happy. Um but for now and from this conversation, uh, I think it's going to be a thank you and goodbye. So uh thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.